0: Good morning everyone, and welcome to Bethel Church Online. We're so glad that you took the time to join us.
1: If you would, just drop in the comments where you're watching from and who you're with. We would love to
2: connect with you.
0: And we have an awesome lineup for you this morning, starting out with some worship and then a great word from our pastor. So if you would, let's take time to clear our minds and to prepare our hearts for worship. incredible worship. Thank you, Justin and Lila, for those beautiful praise songs, and I am so thankful that the goodness of God covers us in times like these. It reminds me of the Psalm 23 and 6, where David said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And to put that in context, David always put his two strongest shepherds at the rear of his flocks so that they could carry those that were weak or wounded until they were well again. And God surely is following us in his goodness and mercy today. I miss all of you at the railroad festival. I wish we could get a ribeye sandwich or a catfish plate and oh, top that off with an apple fritter Oh my, and I can't tell you how many phone calls that Andy's received. Are we gonna get apple fritters this year? Well, we don't know just when this year, but we'll get some apple fritters. We'll all get them together and they will be great. Apple fritters, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. I love you all. And I wanna take a moment to say a special thank you to those of you who have continued to be faithful in your tithing and offering. You've continued to exercise that principle of giving God your first fruits and realizing that when we give him our first fruits, he blesses our families and he blesses our lives. There are four ways you can continue to give. First of all, you can give by going online to Bethelloves.com and choosing the giving menu and following those instructions. A very popular way right now is to text. Text to the number 73256 and then in the body of the text, type in Bethel Loves and the amount you choose to give. You will receive a message and you will confirm that amount and follow those instructions. Another way is by snail mail. Just mail it to Bethel Apostolic Church, P.O. Box 718, Amory, Mississippi. And then the fourth way is that you can come by the church Monday through Friday from 9 until 3 p.m., and someone will be there to receive your tithing and offering. Again, thank you so much for your faithfulness and for your prayers, and thank you for trying to connect. It's so important that we do this each week. I encourage you every day, reach out and try to connect with someone to see if they need something and to celebrate in their victory reports. I'm excited that next Sunday is Easter Sunday and to celebrate Easter next week at the conclusion of our service we're going to have a communion service with our Bethel family. We ask you to go ahead and be preparing now get the crackers and juice or whatever you have because it's not necessary what we have but the heart that we do it with and we're doing this to remember the great price that Jesus paid for our salvation, the shedding of his blood, and his body being sacrificed for our sins. So go ahead and prepare this week for that great occasion. I am really excited today to have a very special friend as our guest speaker. This is Bishop Mark Foster from West Monroe, Louisiana. He is a motivating, encouraging, positive voice anytime you ever speak with him. And I want you to hear his words today. He's coming to us via technology from his home. So right now, let's enjoy the word of the Lord that Brother Foster is going to bring. Brother Foster, we welcome you to Bethel today.
2: What an honor and privilege it is to be here with my good friend, Pastor Stan Blaylock and Bethel Church. We are in unprecedented times We're in very trying times that we've not seen before in my lifetime, and the world hasn't seen in 102 years since the Spanish flu of 1918. But what I'm here to tell you today is that during these times we can reach up in faith and we can praise and worship our lord and we can we can speak right words and that's what i want to talk to you about today i just want to bring a good word and a word of encouragement in these trying times so i will call this today words create worlds and your words and my words definitely create the worlds in which we move and in which we live. And so I've got to understand that and I've got to know that faith-filled words will help pull me through and fear-filled words will often lead to my defeat. So I want to speak in faith and not in fear. Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. You've heard the, you've heard the old saying, the old verbiage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But I, I take issue with that. We all know that's not true. We've all been hurt with words. And so today, I'm encouraging you and, and myself to not hurt ourselves with words and not hurt our family with words, but to speak positive positive faith-filled, and encouraging words. I remember one time uh, in our marriage, shortly after our uh, son, Jonathan, who's 45 years old now, shortly after he was born, and uh, my words almost got me in trouble. For you see, I was setting up late one night. We were in a little house next door to the church. I was assisting my dad, and uh, we lived in a little house. was up on blocks, and it was shaky. It wasn't much to it, and and uh, we had a couch that actually had uh, three bricks in one leg. And so I was reading. Paula had put the baby to bed. And of course, she had gone to bed and I was reading. And I was reading a book called Believe. It was a powerful book. And the author in the book said that he started every day the same way. Every day he would wake up to the alarm. And when the alarm went off, he would reach over and slap the alarm. He would throw the covers back and he would leap out of bed. And when his feet hit the floor, he would throw both hands in the air and scream at the top of his lungs, I believe. And I said, wow, I like this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this tomorrow. And so I went to bed. I set the alarm, but I forgot one thing. I forgot to tell sweet Paula. And what happened the next morning? The alarm went off bright and early. The baby miraculously was still asleep. And I threw the covers back. I slapped the alarm. I leaped out of bed. And as soon as my feet hit the floor, I threw my hands in the air at the top of my lungs. I screamed, I believe. And before I could get the next eye out, Two more feet hit the floor. A little hand grabbed my arm, and my wife spoke to me through clenched teeth. Guys, has your wife ever spoken through clenched teeth? And she grabbed my arm, and she said, I don't know what you believe, but I know you're going to wake our boy up if you don't shut up. And I almost got in trouble with my words. We've got to be very careful. You see, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So a question that I want to ask us today is, how am I leading myself? And how am I leading my family in this pandemic in which we find ourselves right now? You see, managing myself during this pandemic is all important There's a lot of fear And rightfully so And there's a lot of folks Who have lost their jobs Or have been furloughed from a job And are not getting paid And then we're thrown together Paula and I are sheltering in We're quarantined in our home People are going and buying groceries for us And we're blessed by that and, and, and we're so thankful for that And so, so I just want to ask you What's happening in your home? What's happening around those you love and with whom you live? How are you leading yourself? How are you managing yourself? That is all important. I encourage you to set a routine and get up and get in the Word of God and and, and pray and then have a routine about your day. And remember this, nothing you're doing is more important than who is in front of you. Understand that. This is time for me to be with my family and to pour encouraging words. They need to hear faith-filled, loving words come out of my mouth. If you're alone today and and maybe you're sheltering in alone, understand that you're not totally alone because Jesus is with you. And he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And I will go with you all the way to the end. And I want to encourage you, don't stay isolated. This is the time for the church to be the church, and this is the time to reach out to others. I can't go see others, but I can reach out and use my thumbs. I can text people an encouraging word, uh, an encouraging message. Uh, I can call somebody, and I can talk to them and lift their spirit. And remember, in the home. When, when, when families are there together, remember Proverbs 15 and 1, and it says this, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Words create worlds. What kind of worlds are your words creating today? Now, now God himself gave us the example. Genesis Chapter one and verse three—the very third verse of the of the Bible—says this. And God said, "Look at somebody." If I was in church, I'd say, "Look at somebody," and say, "God said." And God said, "Let there be light." And there was light. That's what the Bible says. Verse six. And God said, "Let." The firmament be in the midst of the waters, and let the waters divide from the waters. And verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under heaven be gathered together, and let dry land appear. And it was so. And and then uh, verse 11 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. And it was so. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the heavens to divide the day from the night. In verse 20, and God said, wow, do you hear that? And God said, it's creative. My words create the worlds in which I live. God created With his word. Verse 24. And God said let the earth bring forth living creatures of his kind. Cattle and creeping thing. And it was so. So your words. I need to be poignantly aware today. That my words create the worlds in which I live. Uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 says through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Now psychologists tell us, I don't want you to watch this close, psychologists tell us that we have two main memory files in our brain. There's a failure file that catalogs all of our failures in life, all the times that we didn't make it, all the times we failed to measure up. But there's also a success file that catalogs all of our successes. And they say, you live and your outlook on life is dependent on which file you go back to. Whether you go back to the failure file or you go back to the success file. And so I wanna encourage you to think of the good times in your life and think of the successes in your life And at the same time, think of tough times, but when you made it. Tough times that you've been through. And go back and think on those things. Uh, I remember when Jeremy, uh, our youngest boy, was somewhere around eight years old. And his mother was in the kitchen. And we raised these guys very positively. We've always been positive in our home. And so his mother was cooking something in the kitchen, and she was having a struggle. And uh, by the way, she's a great cook, and uh, in sheltering in, I may have put on a few pounds because she's feeding me well during this time. But she was having a struggle at this time, and uh, Jeremy was sitting at the table doing something, and she'd forgotten he was there. And she finally, in frustration, threw up her hands and said, oh, I quit. And in a minute, she heard a little voice. An eight-year-old Jeremy said, Mother, and she turned around and he was shaking his finger and said, Mother, remember, fosters never quit. Our words had created the world in which he was living and the world in which our boys still live in today the words that we spoke into them as we were raising them did something to them and helped them to where they are today your words create your worlds understand that and speak words of life life Giving words. So, what am I teaching my children? What are you teaching your children? What are we teaching our grandchildren? Simon Peter and Judas both were miserable failures, but one responded right and one responded wrong. One went out and committed suicide, the other one went fishing. That's a pretty good thing to do. And in the midst of what was going on in Simon Peter's life, uh, Jesus sent for him, and there was a Pentecost uh, in Simon Peter's future. So I've got to understand that God never promised us that everything would be a bed of roses. Uh, In fact, Jesus said in this life, you shall have tribulation, but be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. I'm telling you, you're going to come through this, speak in faith, and speak life-giving words. Your words create your worlds. Uh, I, want to, I want to direct your attention now to the book of Psalms, the, the, the beautiful Psalms. In Psalm 137... And beginning with verse 1, and I want you to watch this very closely. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. And then it goes on and says, we hung our harps on the willows. For there, now watch this close, for there We were carried away captive. And those that carried us away required a song of us. And they said, sing the songs of Zion. And verse 4, we said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now, this was very tough times. For the Israelites, the Israeli people. They had been ripped away, many of them, from their families. Families had been ripped apart and separated, and they were in Babylonian captivity, and they were there by the rivers of Babylon. They were known for their great singing and, and their beautiful music, and their captors were making fun of them and said, sing us a song, and they were weeping and crying, and they hung their harps, they hung their musical instruments up, and in so doing, they hung their praise up. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It Come on, somebody, I'm preaching now. It's not time to hang up your praise, but it's time to get your praise on. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter that we're in the middle of this terrible pandemic. It's time to keep Praising God. He knows where you are, and this pandemic did not catch him off guard. Understand that. Now, what I want you to notice is Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel, the first chapter and the first verse says this Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month. Now, watch him close. As I was among the captives by the river Chebar. Now watch this. That the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Now I've run the reference on this and you can too. I've studied this. We go from Psalm 137 and we go now to Ezekiel 1 and 1. And I ran the references as I said. And this was the same thing. Time. This was the same captivity. And the river Chebar was one of the rivers of Babylon. He was in the captivity there with them. And I want you to watch it close. He said, I saw visions of heaven. While everybody else was weeping, there was one man. That said, Hey, I don't know how I got hooked up with this bunch of losers, but I'm gonna praise God. I'm gonna magnify God in the middle of the toughest time of my life, and something's going to happen. And you know what? Something did, and the book of Ezekiel came out of that because Ezekiel refused to hang his praise up and he refused to speak negative words. He spoke life-giving words. He was there in the same situation with the same people, but he chose not to be a captive. No doubt in his mind, he was saying, they've captured my body, but they haven't captured my mind. They've captured my spirit, but they haven't captured, or they've captured my body, but they haven't captured my spirit. I'm in trouble, no doubt, he said, but I refuse to give in. He had a decision to make. and You and I have a decision to make as to whether we're going to speak in faith during this pandemic or whether we're going to speak in fear, whether we're going to speak life-giving words or we're going to speak words that harm and destroy. It's up to you. I'll never forget. It was back in 1981, possibly 1982. Paul and I went to Winston Salem, North Carolina, in 1981. Took our two boys; they were six and eight. At the, or, or, I'm sorry, they were four and six at the time. And uh, we went there to raise up a church. And uh, it was it was some of the toughest times of our lives, and it was some of the best times of our lives. So I've been out teaching Bible studies all day and been in and out of places of business and in and out of homes. Talking to people, reaching for people. I came home for supper that night, and we lived in a little trailer. Had bullet holes uh, uh, in in it, and the paint had been peeling to the bare metal string. Our screens were dangling, and we actually fixed it, fixed it up, made it made it fairly nice to live in. And the boys were outside playing. I went in, and Paula was setting our finest china on the table in that little trailer. We'd gotten it ten years earlier in our uh, at, at our wedding but she'd never set it out in the trailer. And I looked, and she set out a little bowl of hominy, a little bowl of carrots, and a little bowl of green beans. And I looked, and she said, Honey, call the kids. We're ready to eat. And I looked, and I looked on the stove, and there was nothing there. I looked in the oven, and there was nothing there. And I said, Baby, baby, where's the, where's the beef? And tears slowly started to course down her cheeks. And she said, Mark, she said, we're down to the last three cans that we have. And that's the only food we have in the house. We don't have any bread. We don't have any milk. We, we, we don't have any cereal. We will send our boys to school hungry in the morning." And then she grabbed my hand, but she said, Mark, don't lose faith. Uh, She said, God called us, and God's going to take care of us, and he's going to keep us. And we raised our hands. We were holding hands, and we raised the other hands, and we began to worship and praise him right then. I went out, got the boys. They came inside, too young to know better, and we put them to bed, sent them to school hungry the next morning, and that was a miracle in itself that they were not, that that they weren't hungry we sent them to school with no breakfast and at 10 o'clock i was i'd gone to the little church and at 10 o'clock the phone rang and i said heaven view and paula was just rejoicing on the other end she said mark she said i just went to the mailbox there's a 50 dollars check from somebody we don't even know said please come and let's go get groceries let me tell you god supplied every need and i can tell you story after story paula and i talked the other night We made it through some real tough times, and with God's help, we're going to make it through this. And I want you to know, sitting in your home today, or wherever you are, you're going to make it. Reach your hand up to God. Put your hand in God's hand. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I'm looking to you right now. I thank you for everybody watching, everybody involved in this service right now. And I ask you to come to their rescue. You see where they are. And let them them fill their heart and their mouth with with great words of encouragement, with creative words that will create great worlds in which they will live. Lord, bless families, bless individuals right now. Strengthen them, help them in every way. Let your Holy Ghost minister to them right now. I thank you for them. And we ask you to curse coronavirus and destroy it out of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for letting me be with you today.
0: God bless. Thank you Bishop Foster for that powerful message about how careful we should be with our words. I want my mouth to always give praise and speak faith about our God. How fitting we should close with our benediction and as we do, I want to remind you to stay tuned. Brother Robbie Foster has a special message from our prayer force to all of us. Let's bow our heads to pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. God bless you in Jesus' name. Stay well and stay safe.
3: Good morning everybody, welcome to Bethel this morning. I am so excited that we had such a great service today, this Sunday, and this marks a great time for our church. I am Robbie Foster, I'm the prayer leader at our church, and I'll tell you, I'm coming to you live today to let you know that Bethel has a prayer force focused prayer, and I'm excited to let you know about it. Starting today, and every day of this week, and starting on for maybe next week, what we're going to do is we're going to bring a short video, a focused prayer, and we want to be mindful of it each and every day, and we're going to bring scripture with that, and we're going to focus prayer. We're going to get on our knees, and we're going to pray to God so that He can heal our land of this coronavirus. Can I get an amen? I know you should say it in Jesus' name. That's right. So today, we're going to start with the people that are infected with the coronavirus, and we're also going to Take care and pray for the people that are quarantined by the coronavirus. So, right now, I just want to begin with a prayer. If you want to just pray in the way you want to pray. But today, Jesus, during your ministry on this earth, God, you showed us your power and your caring for us. You've healed people of all nationalities, God, in every stations of their life. God, from physical to mental and for spiritual needs. God, I ask you to be present now for those people. They are loving you so much right now. God, let them feel the power of your healing touch because of this coronavirus. God, take it from them in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you right now to take away the anxiety and the fear for being quarantined. God, I ask you right now, let them feel that power right now in the name of Jesus. Give them a sense of purpose, Lord. God, I ask you for the to touch the doctors and the nurses that are taking care of these people, God. Let them have the power of your power to touch these people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I don't know if you felt that power of the Spirit falling on you, but I did in in my prayer just then. And that just comes to mind that Philippians 4 and 6 fits this perfectly. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, hallelujah. I just wanna say right now that wherever you are, God can touch you in a millisecond. He can just come right down and feel the power and feel you and heal you in the name of Jesus. I hope you've had a moment on our focused prayer today. If you can't get out, but you know of somebody, send them a text, pray for them. And I just want to say next time, I'll see you next time on Focus Prayer, Bethel's Focus Prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.